Hey everybody, this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some random things that should have never happened, but actually did. It's the Chronicles. Let's get into this right now. First, it's moto time. Hey, remember this. Rich people, poor people. Poor people act rich. Rich people act poor. Think about that when it comes to tax time. Just pay your taxes. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Do what you got to do. And also remember, my daddy always says this. Never quit your day job while conquering the world. You can achieve anything you want to do as long as you conquer that world. Follow your dreams. Passionate or whatever you do, achieve it. Also, remember this one thing. Time is money. Money is time. Wasting time, you're just wasting money. Don't want to waste money. Don't want to waste your time. All right? We good. Let's begin. Right now, we're going to give a special shout out in the Crime Chronicle. This goes out to all the people out there that are out there that are hardworking and that work hard at the jobs they do. Even though they don't like the job they do, they can't stand the workers they work with. They can't stand their bosses. They can't stand anyone they work with. But they still go to work. They get up every day, whether it's morning, the afternoon, whether it's the day shift, the swing shift, the evening shift, or the graveyard shift. These are people that just got to get up and do this, what they got to do. They got to put on a smile on their face and they got to go out there and work. This goes out to you. You are the true OGs out there because y'all have to do a job. You don't like the job. You wish you can get more money, but you don't. But in return, you just sit there and do those things. So that goes out to you. All right, let's begin. Like I said, when I talk about a crime that should have never happened, this is what should not happen. Listen, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit not too controversial. But more or less an understanding. Do you know this? This is something a fact. Do you know that the U.S. military, military, which I was a part of. I'm always going to say that. I was a part of the U.S. military. Did you know the U.S. military does what you call interrogation when it comes to terrorists and stuff? Everybody always says there's a lot of dirty work that the U.S. military does that we as civilians you, me, because I'm out of the military now, as civilians don't know about. And there's a lot of stuff that we are privileged not to know about because they don't want us to know about it. Because they want to keep that quiet. So the U.S. military does these things where they have interrogations. They call these things called training rooms or stash houses. Do you know that the U.S. military has stash houses all over the world? Do you know that the federal government, better known as the FBI, the CIA... Um, the DEA, the C, um, the FBI, all of those agencies and any federal agency has has houses called stash houses all over the world. You know, there's some in France. There's some in there's some in London. There's some in Russia. Well, there's one that one closed. There were some in Germany. They're all almost every country. You think of, unless it's North Korea, they don't have one there. They they tried, but they couldn't. And they have these stash houses. And these stash houses are places where they go and they bring people in to interrogate. And the way they interrogate people is something that, that the military... Sometimes when they interrogate people, they, they go in and they do interrogations, which is sometimes is borderline... borderline um, it's a borderline charges on the... The Geneva Convention, when it comes to laws of war, a lot of times this stuff right here, they do, the military and stuff do, it's a gray area. What they do is they do enough damage on someone to get information to where, yeah, we can treat him. 
it's been docu- there's been documentation there's a lot of stuff it goes all the way back to world war ii it goes even further back to world war one when they had the war department when the when the military go out and interrogate people they learn from mistakes that they've done that they don't do a lot of people say like, what do you mean like a good example um waterboarding it's a waterboarding torture they what they do is they take you they put you on a flat board put your head to the floor on a board angle you down put a they put a uh, um, they put a towel like a big towel they wet the towel they drop it over your face the towel over your face and they pour water to to make you like to make it like you're drowning to get information from you another torture treatment that they do is they will pull they will literally clamp down on on a, if it's a man the genitalia until you get information. Another one is they body beat you. They body blows. I mean, they like like you're playing, like they're doing the Rocky Balboa body blows to get you to talk. They do stuff like that. A lot of times they do things like that because, and then sometimes they'll do they'll do the point to where they'll beat a person till he's almost dead, but then they'll revive him by him to get him to the aid station, treat him, and then bring him back and interrogate him again. They do that. That's what the military does. They do that, and they and then it's not. And they and then they can say, "Well, we treated him. We gave him the basic care." But then, but the good thing is they got intel, which is the intelligence information that they needed. That's what the military looks for. It's intelligence that they need, and that stuff right there will will automatically help the U.S. because they need that intelligence because if someone goes out and does a terrorist attack, the U.S. needs that intelligence along with all the other allied nations because you know that the U.S. does a lot of training with other NATO nations, Czech Republic, um, Bosnia, um, they do like Yugoslavia, Georgia, France, Germany, Britain. They do all these intelligence and with other countries, Sweden, you, you know, places like that. They do this intelligence and stuff, they, it's, which is that's what they do. NATO does this stuff. Now, over there at The Hague, that's where The Hague is in, in Geneva. Geneva, Switzerland, that's where the um, Geneva, that's where they get the Geneva Convention. That's why they call it under laws of war. And the Geneva Convention is a, it's a document. It's a document stating that we, that we who are part of NATO, who are part of the Geneva Convention, signs a pact that whenever they get someone who is a terrorist or a person that they're interrogating, whoever they capture, a POW stands for prisoners of war. POW means prisoners of war. They will utilize the basic. They will not torture this person. But that's military. Now, CIA, CID, um, NSA, uh, people in those alphabet agencies, FBI, and all those people, they're not a part. They're not the ones that are part of the Geneva Convention. They don't follow those rules. Those rules don't apply to them. And then sometimes what they'll do is like, this is what actually happened. It's a whole documentation on that, what happened in Afghanistan, what happened in Iraq. What they did was they knew that due to the laws of war and under the Geneva Convention, they couldn't torture this guy, this particular person. So what they did was they got local people to do the torturing. And then when it happened, all they said was, we didn't do it. Our hands are clean. 
So that's what I mean when I say that's what I mean. And and people always get mad when they say, well, why? The reason why they do that is so that we don't have another 9-11 or another terrorist attack here in this country. They prefer it to be in another country than here. Here's the thought. This is a question that always I always wondered. Why is it that the U.S. has military bases in every country but those countries don't have military bases in the U.S. I never understood that. Couldn't, couldn't fathom the, the rules of what goes on to that. But I do understand why. Because they say this reason is because of national security. But what about those countries under their national security? How come? Look at Germany. How come we don't have a German military base here? What about London? What about Britain? Why don't we have a military base here? The United Kingdom. What about Canada? Our, 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 our neighboring country. How come they don't have a military base here? How come Mexico, the southernmost region, don't have a military base here in the U.S.? Why? I don't understand that one. But yet still, they want us to... We want to put bases in their countries, but we can't let them put bases in our country. This is a thought. wonder why. Maybe they're scared of what what would happen. They don't feel like sharing technology secrets or maybe they're afraid of what those countries might find out about how the U.S. operates. Maybe, maybe if we were more transparent with these countries, maybe that would benefit us even better. You know, that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. Maybe we can do things like, if we were more transparent, maybe people would respect us more. A lot of countries don't understand us and don't care about what we do because they feel, yeah, whatever. I don't understand that one. And it, and it never seems to amaze me. But the U.S. can have, you know, we as Americans have more military bases or installations or training sites. Joint, They call it joint training sites in other countries. But we have nothing here in America from their countries. Oh, they can come over here and train, but they can't put a base here. And it kind of it kind of fathoms the, the laws of war of what we do. See, when I say about crime that should never happen is what the U.S. has been doing for years. We do that. And I'm an American, so I'm just saying. And and I look at that from an outside looking in. And and sometimes I would say that's wrong or that's terrible how we do things. But you got to look at it from it's a safety issue. You know, so I look at it. Okay, well, they're, they're, they're keeping us safe. Not really. But here's the thing. If it's so important, why why can't we why can't the US government do something to 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 help the US economy? This is what I mean. You got law enforcement. You got you got federal, you got state, county, and local law enforcement. That's how the things go. You got federal, you got state, you got county and local law enforcement. Why can't the federal government go in and and revamp every state and make their law enforcement much, much better? Make them all transparent. Because, you know, like here's a good example. And this is something that happens daily. Do you know that the um, U.S. Marshals, do you know that the um, Immigration and Custom Enforcement Border Patrol Protection, that is a long alphabet, Immigration Custom Border Patrol Agency or ICE Immigration and Custom Agency. Do you know that they can come in 
and they can come into your house. They can kick your door down. Federal government can kick your door down, take you to jail, haul you off to jail, put you in a jail cell and leave you there for um, there was a guy who literally sat in jail for five years was never charged for a crime never charged it was just an ongoing investigation and when they finally got done with the investigation they released him and said you can go but when he tried to file a lawsuit against the, the government they said you weren't charged with anything but yet and still he sat there and he sat there in a prison cell he sat there in a federal installation for five years but wasn't charged with anything kept saying that why okay but i don't understand that and that's what they did they put him in there and left him there for five years but then when they got done with their investigation they just released him now here's one that even shocked me the most i saw this and they made a whole thing about it there was a guy who was an fbi agent yeah young fbi agent he 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 literally dressed down and he literally had to become this guy. He infiltrated this biker gang because this biker gang, well-respected biker gang, I'm not going to mention the name. Y'all know who it is. A lot of them are like this. He infiltrated this biker gang just so that he can find out what they were doing. And the feds put him in there and he started as a greenhorn. You know, he was a, he was a, he was a, what you call a runner. He, he was what you call the greenhorn. Basically, he did whatever those guys asked him to do to earn his patch. Once he got his patch, once he once he be able to get his patch, he learned about the inner circles of this gang, and he and they trusted him with all their secrets. That's what they did. They trusted him with everything. And then all of a sudden, he built enough evidence on that gang that he started turning state's evidence on him. He also helped them because he needed when he couldn't find any evidence to charge them. He helped them. He helped Trump charges on him by saying, I know where I can get some coke. I know where I can get some crack. I know where I can get some meth. I know where I can get some weed. I know where I can get some fentanyl. Basically, what he was saying is, I know where I can get some dope, some drugs to help y'all get, help y'all make more money. And the gang was like, oh, we don't need that. But then a couple of them were like, hey. So he helped them. And then all of a sudden, he turned around and started busting them one by one. And their excuse was, you shouldn't have took it. When he went to court, lawyers were like, his, the lawyers were like, uh, they were trumped up charges. He said, and their excuse was, the Fed, the government was like, well, they should have said no. I said, how do you say no to making money? Hello, how do you say no to making money? They couldn't, they couldn't understand that one. They were like, well, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have took the drugs. They shouldn't have took this. But the drugs came from the government because the government sold it to the to the gang to the biker gang and the biker gang started putting out on the streets and they started making money and then they started living this lavish lifestyle but then the the leader of the biker gang said hey we don't sell drugs we'll do anything else we'll do anything else but not that but the guy was telling him ah oh, no and the guy was feeding them information about where he can get guns and and and, and he was helping them but also about to bust him so the leader decided I'm going to step down because when he saw what was going on, he says, I'm stepping down. He, he stepped down. All of a sudden, they built that case on that biker gang. All of a sudden, they one day they went in, they raided the places where all the dope and all the guns and stuff that they got from the government that the that the um, that the mole gave them. 
because he was a mole, infiltrated him, gave them, they busted him. But the but I did say one thing when I watched the whole thing and I watched the documentary about it, that one of the members who literally was in was in prison sat there because he was the one that got the guy in. They kicked him out. When they kicked him out, he was on his own helping him like, I'm going to make all this money. And when they finally busted him and all these other people, all those other biker gangs all went to jail because they all were conspirators, all were co-conspirators, and they all went to jail. They all went to court. They found them guilty. They all went to jail. One day sweet. Five, and, but the leader, they couldn't touch him because he wasn't there and he didn't do it. And when they, when they, when they had a warrant for his arrest, when they had a warrant for his arrest, he was like, there was no way he couldn't it was like um i'm sorry all the other members they all they all went to jail they all went to jail but when they went for the leader to go get him he was he was at he was he was at work see everybody there had jobs but when they started slanging that dope they all quit their jobs he had a job and his job was a full-time job and they came in to go arrest him he was he was a major. He was an actual major in a state highway patrol. But he was also a biker gang. He was a member of the biker gang, but he was also a, a state highway patrolman. He was a major. Not a commander, not the commandant. He was a major. And they all and they and and that and that guy, that mole, didn't know that he was a major. When the guy started doing his homework, found out. He started doing his homework. When he found out the guy was a federal agent mole, that's when he started telling certain members, hey, get out, leave, don't. This guy, that's a mole. I, I'm telling you. And he's like, you know where I work at. That's a mole. But they were so money hungry, a couple of them that actually listened got out. But he had that list of all the names. They had all warrants for him and stuff. And the guys that, that, that didn't sell dope, that didn't sell drugs, that didn't do none of that stuff, guess what? They were at home with their wives and kids sleeping. When, the, when, they, when they come in, kicking the door in. One guy, they kicked his door in. He was sitting there. He was sitting there in his house. Guy was sitting in his house. He was, he was, they, were, they were having breakfast. They were praying. When they were having breakfast and the feds kicked the door in and stuff and then they come out they were like they 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 flipped this whole house where's the dope at where the drugs at there was nothing in his house the guy never had that stuff the guy never sold anything he was just a biker gang and the guy was also in law enforcement he was an actual cop but he was a biker he was a biker gang but he was an actual cop who was also part of the biker gang they weren't, they weren't a dirty biker gang. They were an honest biker gang. But they were a big biker gang in that state. And the feds wanted to know why this gang, who is this gang and what are they doing? And how do they make their money? The way they made their money, they made their money the honest way. Four of the biker gang members made money the honest way. And they made a lot of money the honest way. Four of them, they actually made it the honest way. They started a club, and what? And when they went to court, the guys were all in court. The judges were like, you know, and the feds were like, y'all, y'all made all this money, millions of dollars. And one guy was like, yeah, I own a stock market. He said, one guy was like, I'm a stockbroker. He was a biker gang. He said, I'm a, he had all the tats and everything, had patches and everything. He says, I'm a stockbroker. He was like, what? I'm a stockbroker. 
Yeah, I work in Wall Street. I'm a, I'm an actual stockbroker. I'm on the on the border. I'm on the stock exchange. I'm, I'm a I own, I work in one of the stock houses. Yes, I own a big stock company. I own a, a big man a big um merge. I own a capital company. I'm a um, I'm a venture capitalist. Yeah, I work for a venture capitalist company. I'm one of their board members. And um and he and it was like oh well what do you do? Uh, I'm a major in, in stay out of patrol. And they were like, what? And they were like, what? The feds were like, oh, my God. They couldn't, they could not fathom. They could not. And it was just the younger guys were more money hungry. So they took the dope and they took the drugs. So they all went to jail. Nevertheless, all those guys that went to jail all got out within two years. Two years, they all got out. And none of, the, and none of those charges were on them. The guy, they infiltrated them. Oh, yeah. Guess what? They all got a lawyer. They all, they all, they all, they all got their lawyers, and they filed a they filed a class action lawsuit. Till the day, it's it's sealed, and it's pending because it's still going lawsuit with the federal government. They sued the FBI, they sued the DEA, they sued the DEA, they sued ATF, and they sued the they sued ATF, the DEA, the FBI, and the federal government. All that combined to file a lawsuit. What they did was. What the government did was, let's tie this up in court. Eventually, they tied up in court so that no one, so they can, but these guys were like, well, we don't care how long it takes. We got money. And they were like, oh, y'all ain't got that guy. Oh, they had money. And they had a massive case. And the case was mounting. The federal government was like, oh, wow. They were like, let's try to settle. And they gave them these NDAs. NDAs is the acronym for non-disclosure agreement, NDA. So they gave them these NDAs, told them, here, we'll settle. And they were like, no, we're not settling. We want to go to trial. And they were like, well, if you go to trial, you're going to lose. He says, we'd rather lose. Let's go to trial. And they say, well, we can't because we're still doing this investigation. No, we don't care. We're doing this. And that major said, you, 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 you tried to ruin my career. You tried to ruin me. Trying to say that I was some dope dealing gang member, dope dealing biker gang member, and I'm a major in a stay high patrol. And you try to ruin my job, my career, my pension. You try to take my family down. You kicked my door in. You destroyed my house. Oh, yeah, y'all gonna pay. Oh, yeah. And guess what happened? They went to trial. It did go to trial. It lasted, um, it lasted two, it lasted three months. They won. First time ever won biker gang. People say, well, what kind of biker gang was it? It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a um, Hells Angels or Bandidos or El Diablos or one of those or Mongols. It wasn't none of that kind of biker gang. This was a respectable biker gang, but they were a big biker gang throughout the whole United States. They were just, they were um, actual law enforcement, former military, and Wall Street people, corporate America gang, biker gangs. These were guys that did, that couldn't get in the mainstream biker gangs because of their their because they were honest and they joined this club because they wanted to be a part of something and that's what happened they paid their dues they weren't like stealing or anything they were honest and that's what happens see what i mean when i say crime that's how the government is the government comes in there and they sneaky in there everything because i'm gonna honestly tell you right now do you know that the federal government right now has a program called the program has a software called program and it's a software that the NSA stands for National Security Administration or agency. 
and that the NSA has a special software called the program. And what it does, it actually listens to your conversation, mine and yours. Yeah, mine too. I want to find out about that. And they listen to our conversations while we're talking online on our cell phones or when we type something. And and if we type something that's saying like a good example, we type something saying that we're going to destroy, we're going to destroy Smallville. We're going to blow up Smallville. Or we're going to go in and we're going to wipe out Metropolis. That's a good example. Those are fictitious cities in Smallville is too. It's supposed to be in a town in Kansas and Metropolis is supposed to be the big city, which is Kansas City. Because that's how, if you look, if you know the geographics, if you know about Midwest towns, that's how you know. And that's what they said. Guess what? They listen to that stuff. And then it starts recording your stuff. Yeah. They've been using that for the longest do you know that they go to the cell phone company and say, I need you to split the data. I need you to split, I need you to split their lines, their data lines, their voice and data lines. So AT&T's been doing that. They put a mirror and they split the, um, the fiber optics. One part goes to the government. One part goes to the, to the, um, to back, back to AT&T. Um, Verizon did that. T-Mobile did that. Sprint did that. Singular Wireless used to be out. They did that, but Singler got bought up by another conglomerate. They were doing that. They were doing those things because they wanted government contracts. Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile was also a branch of Nextel. Nextel was doing that too. When they had their chirps and stuff, where are you at? Under Nextel, they were doing the same exact thing. They were splitting the data and everybody was listening in on the conversations and stuff. And, and they were saying, we're just collecting data. We're collecting, we're doing the algorithms of collecting data. Was it good? No, it wasn't. It was bad. And when someone finally snitched, and that was Edward Snowden who talked about that. And he said that Apple, that iPhones were hacked. But the thing about iPhones, iPhones, iPhones were hacked on their data. Not their phones, because you couldn't hack an iPhone. Now they can, but Apple finally fixed that patch. But that patch was only patchable. But guess what? That also was broken. Because when they were able to, when they able to get in, when the government was able to get in, because they gave a guy, they gave one of the engineers at Apple a blank check and said, fill in the blanks and give us a way to get in, to, to hack, any, hack these phones, because we need to know what's on this phone. The government was like, the guy was like, sure. He wrote down a, he wrote down the amount. They said, done. Because they didn't care the amount of money because they were able to use that on all these people when they do these drug busts and, and they could start using the RICO Act and they needed to stuff. And so now iPhones are, are hackable. The government can hack iPhones. The government can hack Samsung. Can have LGs, Motorola. They have the technology because what they did was, in order to get into these phones, they were able to download. They were able to get engineers who work for those companies. Give me the, give me the patch kit. Give me a way in. And these guys were like, blank check. And we as taxpayers were paying for that. Did you also know? This is. I'm gonna make this quick and stuff because I talked. Like I said, I told you about how the laws of war and how the government and stuff, how shady the government is and stuff. This is something that's even more shady. And when, it, when I say when I say it's even more shady when I say how they do these things and stuff. Do you know that the federal government, do you know that the U.S. government, the one company, one state that they say that that they we supposed to we love you. They love us. They love America. The government says we're doing this for America, this for America, America. Do you know that the federal government 
Do you know that the U.S. government has a special agency? These guys, it's called the blacklist. And, and and if you if you ask anyone, they'll say, "Oh, that's a lie. I don't believe you. No, that ain't that ain't true. It's actually true. There's a list. There's a list of agencies. They're companies. These are companies. These are dummy companies that the federal government have where they have employees, and these employees are paid by the federal government to go do dirty work that they can't report. Basically, what they do is they'll say, um, "I need an example. I need you." They'll say, I want this, I want y'all to go to say, we'll use a, we'll use a company, we'll use a country called, um, we'll use a company called, um, Hooterville. Hooterville country. The country of Hooterville. We'll use that. It's a fictitious country. And they say, we want to go into Hooterville country and we want to change regime. I don't like the person in office. We want to change him. So what they do is they go in to Hooterville, the country, and they will go in and they will sit there and they will exchange. They will take that person and remove him or they will create a coup or they will start a war within that country so they can do a regime change. These guys will go in. They're PMCs, private military contractors. They work for a private organization. So what the government does, they're, they're, they're not like when the government says we had nothing to do with it. They didn't. They hired out. It's outsourcing. It's called outsourcing the work to um, countries and stuff. And and that's what they do. They outsource it. They outsource the work. And when they outsource the work, it's just, that's and so the government can say, our hands were tied. Oh, they knew about it. And they say, well, how they get paid? Let me tell you how they get paid. And this will shock you. This is the part that will shock you. Here's how they get paid. Let's say... A congressman, let's say a senator, has a bill, a health care reform bill for his state. What he does is he'll submit that health care reform. That's the top bill. Bill, House Resolution 191919. That's a good number. House Resolution 191919. That's health care reform. All these senators will say yes. But then under that bill will be a payroll. It will say this money goes to this company. This, this contracting company because they're a contractor and they will go out and they will do this work for this con- they, will do, they do some government defense contracting work that's basically what it is a good example that defense contracting work and they're, they're doing this work so they'll say 30, 30 million they'll be like 40 million to this defense contractor and that 30 million or 40 million or whatever 40 million that's a good number will go out to this contractor so the bill gets passed and 40 million will be dispersed to this contracting company what do they do? No one knows. They're just a blacklist. It's a blacklist. And, and the um, senators and congressmen don't know. Some do. Some of the older ones know what that's for, but they don't say nothing because you know why? National security. They're protecting America. Because the, the reality is if you knew what, uh, what they had to do to protect this country, you would be appalled. You would be appalled at what they do. A lot of people, when they find out what the government actually does to keep us safe, they are appalled. But there's nothing you could do about it because you're safe. You're free. You're able to walk down the street in America and feel comfortable enough to walk down the street, comfortable to go to a Starbucks, comfortable to go to a Dutch Brothers, comfortable enough to go to a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Wendy's, a Rouse, a Rally's, um, 
Carl's Jr.'s, In-N-Out, um, Hardee's, you know, just places like that. You're able to be free to do what you want to do. Go to a movie theater. You know, get up and drive your car without without being fear of military, you know, you know, things like that. You're able to do that because of the government's, government's contractors. These government contractors that do that kind of dirty work. I'm just telling you, you just got to read between the lines. Like when you watch TV and you watch now, this is something I'm going to cut this short. Well, yeah, I got to cut this short. Say when you watch TV and you look on the news and you see how they talk about stuff. You notice how the news is one. News is not two sided. It's only one sided. The reason why? Because they have advertisers. And people pay to have the news one-sided. That's why these networks make billions of dollars. Not millions. We'll say billions. Because that's how they do it. People always wonder, why do football, why do like football, football, football teams don't pay taxes? Reason being, owner will sit there and tell them, this is something off subject, but it uh, kind of ties in. Let's say I own a football team. And I'm moving my football team to, say... Let's say I move my football team or basketball team or hockey team or baseball team to a city. Like, say, let's say I'm moving a football team. We'll move a football team to San Diego. San Diego doesn't have one. They had one. But San Diego wants a football team. And I moved this well-respected football team to San Diego. The mayor will say, move it here. And the owner will say, me, I'm the owner. I'll say, well, I want a tax abatement. He says, I want a tax abatement credit and, the, and I'm going to hire locally. He goes, done. What he, what he did was, I don't have to pay taxes for 20 years or 10 years. It'll, we'll do 10 years. I'll do 10 years. For 10 years, I ain't got to pay taxes. I'm going to make massive amounts of money with all these, you know, the fans, the money revenueing, and all that's mine. 100% tax free. It's, like it's like I'm a nonprofit pastor of a church. Because, you know, pastors of churches can rake in millions. Do you know that some of the mega churches rake in billions of dollars and it's all tax free? They don't have to pay no taxes. A lot of these pastors are making massive amounts of money. I'm going to do, do a podcast about that. That reminds me. I'm going to do a podcast about what goes on in the mega churches and stuff. I'm going to do one about that eventually. We'll get that in there. All right. So, see, now you understand. And that's how they do that. So, the, the team will stay there. City will generate tons of revenue for the city. City will make money. The small businesses are making money. They're supporting the local team. Then after the 10 years, the, the owner will say, we got to renegotiate. The mayor, if he wants to keep that team, he'll say, we'll do another 10 years. If it's the same mayor, he'll say, yes, continue. If it's a new mayor... He'll say, "Well, let's look at the let's look at what we're doing." He'll say, "Look at what I'm look look at look at what I'm look at what I done." The owner will say, "Look at what I brought in the money wise for that city. Now I can move it to somewhere else that'll give me a way better deal. Make you what's go what's going on? Talk to me." And they'll be like, "Deal." And uh, most mayors will be like, "Deal." Some mayors will be like, "No, you need to pay taxes." But then that team will leave, and then all that revenue will go to another city. And then the mayor will be like, holy shit, he won't be in office. Because the team lost, team moved, and there go all that money. People losing their jobs, unemployment's at all-time high, and that's what happens. I'm just saying, got to keep it that way. Just be honest. And that's how it works. All right? Hey, 
This is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast, and I just wanted to put that out there and tell you about what's going on about the crime, about what's going on in the laws of war with the Geneva Convention and stuff, and, and how a lot of times it's such a gray area with these military people and stuff. It happens and stuff, but I want to tell you about what's going on, the, some of the stuff, so you got to read between the lines. Be careful, all right? And I will do a podcast about these mega churches because that's something we need to get into, all right? All right, hey. This is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast, and I love each and every one of you who are listening to my podcast. You're a faithful listener. Are you rocking with me? You are a true, true OG. You always will be my OG. Those who listen will always be an OG. You listen to me, you're an OG. I don't care. I, I, you just rock with me. I rock with you. All right. By the way, Bravo 6 going dark. <laughs>